Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 48. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's Laura Reagan, LCSWC, with today's episode. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash therapy chat. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm really happy to have a very special guest with me. I'm talking to Eric Green, aka One Awesome Dad. Eric, thanks so much for being on Therapy Chat today. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. I'm really happy to. And I have to tell our listeners um, the funny story of how we connected because um, I was a guest on Mercedes Samudio's um, Smart Empowered Parents Summit. And I saw your name there. And I was like, Eric Green? Eric Green, is that the Eric Green that I went to elementary school, middle school, and high school with? And turns out that you were the same person. So I couldn't believe the crazy coincidence that we both, you know, grew up together, lost touch, um, both went to the same college, got the same bachelor's degree in sociology. It's just so crazy. And then to reconnect that way. Yes, exactly. What a coincidence. I wasn't sure, though, with you, I was because your name had changed, right? Yeah, married name. Right, right. And, um, and then it dawned on me, I think, a little bit later than it did for you. <laughs> but yeah, what a great way to, to reconnect. Yeah, it's really cool and to, to find out that someone you kind of knew, we weren't really good friends, but, you know, always knew that other person was there. And then... Um, to have such similar interests now and really reconnect over, you know, um, an important core value to each of us that, um, I guess, you know, the world can be made a better place if parents can treat their children with love and respect. Right. And the additional coincidence of uh, being on Mercedes program together too. Without knowing uh, before uh, that she launched it. 
I know. I just right? I saw. Yeah, you you liked her tweet, and I was like, huh? Wow, <laughs> you know, like it's so random because I could have been not paying that much attention, but that, that right was exactly so weird. And I think it's exactly. really cool. You know, sometimes things just happen in the right time. They definitely do. So, Eric, um, for our listeners, let's just start off by, if you would, um, can you talk a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So, as you mentioned, I am also known as One Awesome Dad. Uh, That's mostly through Facebook. I started a page on Facebook that has grown a following, and through that I developed a Facebook group uh, community called Peaceful Parenting Community. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose of, um, of that community and of my page is to really just to share my opinion, for one, on, um, on peaceful parenting. And the community is to help support parents who are wanting to know more about peaceful parenting. And I think it's a exciting time um, because so many parents do want to learn about peaceful parenting. But, you know, um, we're, we're tired of the conventional uh, parenting approaches because they don't, they're just not working for us, you know. Uh, the conventional approaches being, you know, shaming and spanking and punishing and um, so I don't think that those approaches are working. And, and so it is exciting to, um, to, see, so many, to see so much interest uh, developing in peaceful parenting. Yeah. And how do you define peaceful parenting? Is that like a specific thing or is it just kind of a con- general concept? Right. So one, I think, is the obvious um, peaceful parenting is nonviolent. Um, and even though that is stating the obvious, um, I think uh, I think it's worthy of being mentioned because um, because when we talk about peaceful parenting, we really talk about no no hitting at all, no no smacking, no light swats on the behind. Um, so there's no uh, physical uh, type of striking going on at all. Uh, so that's one aspect of it. But for me, um, I think it's really more of an attitude of wanting to have a peaceful relationship with your children um, and wanting to have a cooperative uh, relationship, right? Instead of this constant combative sort of battling and arguing, um, I think peaceful parenting is more about how can we cooperate? How can we get along? How can we live in partnership with each other rather than having this kind of old school, uh, I'm the parent, I'm the authority, you're the child, you're the, um, you've got to listen to me just because I'm the parent, right? I mean, yeah. parents, parents have the, uh, the wisdom of life experience, um, but... I think um, I think the approach of peaceful parenting is really to work in partnership with your children, uh, as opposed to sort of commanding them around and controlling and wanting to fix them and kind of have demanding obedience from them. Yeah, I will say that when I became a parent, 
well, first of all, before I became a parent, my kids are now 19 and 17. But um, before I became a parent, I had a lot of ideas when I would see other people's kids like running around in a restaurant or, um, you know, just doing anything that I found annoying as a, you know, young 20 something. I would say, oh, when I'm a parent, my kid's never going to do that. Oh, you know, I'm going to teach my kid not to do that. Um, And I had a lot of ideas about what that was supposed to look like and what kind of you know, authoritative parent I was going to be, even though I'm not like a, you know, super aggressive type person. I just, I don't know where I got that from. I think that yeah. was like a cultural view because it's not the way I was raised. Right. Mm. But then once I had kids, all I wanted to do was just love them. And I did not want right. to scream at them. I didn't want to, you know, force them to do anything, but I felt I did feel a lot of pressure. I don't know if you've experienced this, but because I think things have changed a lot. But in the mid 90s, when I started having kids, um, it, it was like embarrassing if your kid would act out in public or something. And, and so there was sort of the fear of, well, if my child doesn't behave, then it makes me look bad or something. And this, you know, perception that it's my job to make my child, quote unquote, behave, which means just basically be quiet. Don't right. don't attract attention, basically. Right. Yeah, I think there is a lot of that. Uh, there still is a lot of that pressure to have your children obey you, you know, and have them listen to you, especially when we're out in public. I mean, I feel that, too. Um, so if we're out of the grocery store uh, with my son, he's five. So if we're out of the grocery store and I ask him to do something and there's a crowd around, and he doesn't listen to me, suddenly there's that pressure, right, of getting your child to, to obey, to listen to you. And for me, I mean, my approach is, has, has never been to demand that obedience from my son. And, and so when we're at home, um, I'm, I feel more comfortable uh, with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if we're out somewhere at a restaurant or, or, or at a store, um, there is there is that pressure to uh, to kind of get your kid to behave. Yeah, I think that um, what will other people think kind of perspective leads parents to a lot of times treat their kids in a way that is actually incongruent with how they want to be as a parent. I think so too, and I think you know, I think there's some there's kind of a snowball effect when we are out in public with our kids because I think for parents we feel the anxiety and the pressure and the added stress of other people are noticing us. Um I want my kid to behave and just be quiet and calm until we get through this trip, right? And get back to our car and then we can all sort of Breathe a little bit easier, right? We can be ourselves so again. <laughs> we can be ourselves a little bit more again. And, that, and so I think there's kind of a snowball effect of the kids can sense that we have feel that extra pressure too, right? When we're out shopping with them or, or wherever, we, wherever we are out in public. And so that may um, cause them to act more anxious or maybe more nervous, um, um, so it's, it just sort of can all snowball uh, from there. So, well, I think over the five years now of, of being a dad, I think I've grown more comfortable with the fact that I'm not a 
strict authoritarian uh, parent sort of uh, demanding that my child uh, stand right by my side and act calmly uh, next to me wherever we go. It just it's, I don't feel comfortable about doing that. And I try to remind myself that in those moments that what's more important is for me is um, ultimately what's more important is the relationship that I have with my son, right? So if it comes down to um, me wanting to look um, better in front of other parents or, or out in public versus um, wanting to maintain that close connected relationship with my son, I'm always going to choose the close connected relationship with my son. Um, at least that's the ideal anyway. Right. That's what you're striving for. And I know that yeah. none of us as parents can be perfect. We all screw up, but you know, so do kids. They're trying right. to, you know, follow your rules, treat each other respectfully, treat you respectfully, you know, basically right. they want to be cooperative, but we all screw up sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. I think for a lot of parents, um, you know, who particularly who are new to peaceful parenting and they're just finding out about it and who um, sort of are familiarizing themselves with the quote unquote rules of peaceful parenting, you know, no hitting, no shaming. Um, there are a number of principles, I think, that with peaceful parenting that are helpful. Um, but so for parents who are new to, to peaceful parenting and are getting comfortable with it, I think there is there is kind of a pressure to uh, start start doing things uh, peacefully all the time, and so if you if you lose it and you yell or or you um, threaten to take something away or or whatever it is, then um, I think a lot of parents can beat themselves up for that. Um, and so one of one of the reminders that I like to give parents who are on the who are transitioning to peaceful parenting is that it's really not about perfection. It's for me, it's about the process. Uh, it's about, it's about making progress and just doing your best. You know, um, I think, uh, the more we beat ourselves up as parents, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good to beat us, beat ourselves up. And we want to be in a good feeling place about ourselves because that's ultimately when we are at our best as parents. I agree. You know, I think, you know, what you said about beating ourselves up, I mean, that shame that comes up when you feel, I would say there's like, like you said, that snowball, it's like you're in public, your child loudly um, says, you know, why does that man have a booger hanging out of his nose? And you're embarrassed because <laughs> they right. always say something like that when you're like in the checkout line or something like that. <laughs> you right. feel embarrassed and then you're like trying to make your child be quiet and then you might shame them somehow. Then you feel ashamed and then, you know, your interaction with them the rest of the day is kind of coming from that shame place. And that's not... All right. That's not like a loving, connected place. It's like an isolated, kind of right. fearful place. Right. And so I think a key challenge for a parent, no matter what your approach is, if you call yourself peaceful parent or 
attachment parent or whatever sort of approach that you're going after, I think a key thing is to keep ourselves in a state of um, in a state of calm, in a state of connectedness with our kids, and and that's really hard sometimes, uh, you know, because we get triggered um, uh, by our own kids mostly as a result of the way that we were raised. And so um, I think right now for parents who are doing this transition to peaceful parenting, you know, the, the vast majority uh, were not raised in, in peaceful homes um, to varying degrees. Um, but the point is that it's, it's, it's difficult to, um, to, to reparent ourselves right mm -hmm. and to and to learn to see ourselves as deserving of love and appreciation and and acceptance uh, particularly in in those moments when our kids are triggering us uh, because they may do something that um, that we have, would have been punished for or spanked over as a as a child and now that we're trying to do things uh, in a different way um it's difficult to get through those moments and sort of just recognize that um, I've been triggered. My son is doing something that would have um, caused me to have been spanked or, or punished or sent to my room. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that my son or my child is, uh, is a bad kid. And so... Um, so just taking that step back during those moments, I think, is a huge step forward. You know, um, instead of getting into that reactive, angry, upset state, right? I think just taking a, a moment to pause and assess the situation and give yourself a timeout sometimes, you know? Um, exactly. So, sometimes I think um, kids... Sometimes, most of the time, I think, you know, kids aren't the ones that need the timeout. It's the parents, you know. Give ourselves a timeout. Give ourselves a break. Um, reassess the situation and come back and, um, and take an action that is, or sometimes you don't have to take an action at all. Sometimes, um, so with my own son, um, if he is in a state of upset, or emotional difficulty, he's not getting something that he wants, um, and maybe it's triggering me, you know. Um, what I will often turn to is just giving him a hug. I'll just give him a hug and come at him from a totally I accept you loving um, approach. And that, it's just amazing how, how often that solves the problem alone, you know. Um, I mean, I'd say 80%, 90% of the time, that always solves it. And so one thing I talk about um, on my page and in advising and consulting with parents is, is just that. Just reaching out for connection instead of disconnection when... Right, exactly. When you're trying to... to Right. Yeah, so oh, I all right, on the 
Mercedes Samudio Summit. Um, I watched the video that you did, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I And I just thought to myself when I watched it, and I've thought this multiple times over my adult life as a parent, that um, it seems like so radical to say that spanking shouldn't happen. Yes. <laughs> Right. And I know that, um, you know, well, what do you have to say about that? Like, what are your thoughts about spanking? So, uh, I've come to see spanking as wrong. I think spanking is wrong. I think it's not just something that, um, I I think it's, I think it's not just a choice that each parents uh, should respect in other parents. I mean, to a certain extent, yes, you, you respect, um, the decisions that any parent has to make, but personally, I, I, I think spanking is wrong. I think spanking is, is hitting, you know, we don't spank coworkers or spouses or employees or somebody we don't like on the street. Um, because they disrespected us or whatever the reason is. And that's not viewed as acceptable. In fact, it is viewed as wrong. You can, uh, you can, you can get, uh, charged with assault, right? Right. But you hit your child, um, even if it's just a spank, quote unquote, um, somehow that's viewed as acceptable. So, uh, I think spanking is wrong, uh, and, but I, I don't I don't focus on that debate so much um, because I realize it's it's sort of a it um, it can um, it's it's a tough debate to get into and it, and and I think the better approach is to just help parents understand that spanking isn't necessary you know um, there are actually better approaches that you can take. Um, there are better alternatives uh, to spanking. And so if you really want the best for your child, then, um, then, then you won't spank. You will, uh, you'll empathize. You can um, work on your connection with your child. I mean, you can teach. You can set boundaries and set limits uh, for your children uh, without having to resort to spanking at all. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. I disagree with spanking too. I mean, just because as we are big and kids are small and so for us to hit them and then tell them, you know, 
it's confusing. It's not effective way to manage behavior. So, um, right. But it is also still very controversial to a lot of people. Right. It seems really unclear. And I think part of that is the fact that, again, like our culture says, that's one method of child raising that um, is acceptable. So, you know, it's just hard for people to wrap their minds around it, as well as the idea that, you know, if they were spanked, then they have to struggle with that kind of emotional conflict of, well, I know my parents loved me. So if spanking is wrong, then why did my parents spank me? And, you know, that's really, that's like, again, like that cognitive dissonance where your brain's just like, yeah. eh, does not compute. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. But I also, I mean, this is why I brought up your video in the summit, because I loved that you talked about for parents who want to change the way they parent to a more peaceful method. It's okay if they thought that spanking was the only thing they knew how to do before. Mm -hmm. So can you talk right. more about that? Sure. So... So again, I think parents who are on this transition to uh, peaceful parenting, um, you know, one of the things really is, I mean, peaceful parenting is nonviolent. So therefore, uh, you're not spanking your children, you're not smacking, you're not popping. And so the, the big question for parents, um, if there's a top question in peaceful parenting, it's what do you do? Instead of um, spanking, instead of punishing, instead of um, threatening, instead of all these things, and um, and that I can see where that's that's really tough. You know, what do you do? And the even tougher thing is that is to help parents understand that sometimes you don't have to do anything. Sometimes all you have to do is remind your child right um this is this is not acceptable this is not okay um i'm sorry you know i'm sorry you're upset about it or um or i'm sorry you feel that way um but it's not acceptable and so i think a lot of times when when parents get hung up is that their child will do it again right um and then what do you do it's like oh my gosh they've done something twice, three times, multiple times after I've already told them. So what do I do? And my approach is to um, just tell parents, hang in there, stick with it, keep on empathizing, keep on being understanding. Um, I think um, in time, uh, kids do get it. Um, particularly, so for one example is uh, hitting. So most children go through a phase of hitting or maybe it's biting or some some kind of physical aggression um, that will often come up sometimes as early as a year old to a year and a half. And it may continue on until five or, or six. Um, most of the time, it's just that is just a phase. Uh, and so. And so it's tough um, to to not to not do anything, and yet to just continue to remind your child we don't hit, 
hands are hands are for holding, hands are for hugging, um, or redirecting attention somewhere else, and 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 not doing uh, anything, uh, taking that sort of punitive, aggressive action yourself as a parent. Um, with my own son, he went through a, a a bit of a hitting phase, and and I never once uh, hit back. Uh, I would always redirect and remind him that. Uh, hitting hurts, um, and um, and then what I would do was uh, empathize with 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 the feelings that were going on underneath. You know, uh, I'm so sorry um, that that you're feeling this way. But, uh, talk to me about what's going on. Uh, remember, we don't hit, um, uh, but but what we can talk about uh, how you're feeling, and. And the phase eventually ended. So uh, he's five years old now, and he never hits. It's not a problem at all. Um, so um, what I like to tell parents is, is really just hang in there uh, you know, during these difficult phases. Um, sometimes, again, the alternative to spanking is really often not doing anything at all, you, you know, you don't have to punish. You don't have to send a time out. You don't have to take something away. Um, the better approach, in my view, is to empathize and talk about the feelings that are going on underneath that are that are driving the behavior. I agree, and and you're by doing that, you're teaching the child to express the feeling that they're really not knowing how to express, which is the reason why they're hitting instead. Yeah, exactly. So, so you, know, so you it, always accept the feelings. We always, um, the best approach is that, you know, feelings are never wrong. You don't want to make your child feel, feel wrong for having a feeling. That's when, that's when I think that we, um, that we develop real problems, when we start denying those feelings and feeling shame, shamed about them. Um, but, but we can help teach our children, um, that, that feelings are acceptable. They're just, they just hurt sometimes, you know, it just hurts. It hurts to, uh, have disappointments and frustrations and not getting what you want. Um, but, um, when we empathize with our children, I think it really, it gives them that extra resilience. I think that, that will help them succeed later on in life um, because they'll, they'll, they'll better be able to, to handle the, the difficulties and challenges of life uh, that everyone goes through. Right, because telling people that any people, children or adults, that the feelings they have are not okay, it just teaches them to, like, reject certain parts of themselves you know yeah and that's a that can be a real problem i think uh for any child uh growing up to to start to reject themselves you know gosh there's a part of me that's so shameful that um that my parents would would hit me you know and send me off to my room you know um that can be where some emotional damage uh can can come in and I think the more that uh, the more that children um, receive that type of of, of harsh treatment, um, 
uh, I think the, the, the worst it can be, if it's not countered by the, the empathizing and the close connection. Absolutely. All right. So for me, that's why I always talk about, you know, empathy and connection. Uh, work on that. Work, just work on that closeness uh, with, with your children uh, every day, even just 10 minutes a day of putting your phone aside, uh, walking away from your computer and not just spending time with your children, but spending time with your children without criticizing or trying to control or fix or, you know, tell them that they're getting a bad attitude or they're being disrespectful, you know, just completely, uh, completely open one-on-one uh, accepting and, and being present with them. I think that's more powerful to me than uh, constantly trying to fix and, and control and demanding obedience. Yeah, I agree. So, Eric, how did you become interested in peaceful parenting? Where did you get the idea that this was how you wanted to be as a father? Right. Gosh, that that could take a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so someone actually recently asked me, because I, I, I talk about it on Facebook, about my own personal experiences and things I've gone through and um why I've come to have the opinions that I that I have about uh, peaceful parenting, and, and someone asked, and and she said, uh, "This is Julianne over at Hand in Hand Parenting," and and she asked, "So, what do you think it is that that helped you develop an awareness uh, that so many parents don't seem to have?" And I thought, "Wow, what a great question!" Um, so, so yeah, so what is it? I think part of it is that for me, I lost a daughter in my early 20s and it really had a devastating impact on me. And um, I think by the time my son was born uh, several years later, um, I was just so uh, appreciating just my son's very existence (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's just so meaningful for me uh, to, that he's alive and he's present and we can we can do things together and uh, and we have this uh, connection. Um, so I think that despite being such a, a devastating and tough experience for me as a young adult, um, I think really taught me the value of appreciating being a parent for one uh, because through that um, I think I just I ultimately I don't know what it what it is I just intuitively had this strong sense as soon as my son was born how could I ever lay a hand on this precious being uh, how could I ever you know smack or or spank or any of those things and um and I think that has always stuck with me. So I, um, I, I did feel the pressure, I think, uh, as a parent early on um, to conform to conventional types of approaches. Um, you know, so when I first started to talk about peaceful parenting, uh, there was some backlash, you know, 
the idea is that you've got to discipline, you've got to be tough sometimes, you know. Um, but Show them who's boss. Show them who's <laughs> boss, exactly. And, but I think one of, the, one of the first books, I think, that really helped solidify my understanding uh, of peaceful parenting was Dr. Laura Markham's book, um, Peaceful... Is it happy parents, peaceful parents, happy kids, right? Okay. Um, so Dr. Laura Markham's book, I think, is great. And from there, um, I, I, felt, uh, I felt more emboldened, I think, to talk about my opinion. So I started a Facebook page and, um, you know, and started sharing my thoughts. And uh, it took off from there. Wow. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story, and I did not know that. Um, I can I can understand how losing a child can really, for one, it could make someone, it could take you down a road where you can't connect with your child at all. I'm so glad that didn't happen to you. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, it can make you really understand that it's not about like making people making little people, children, obey you and be little, you know, representatives of you when you're out in public. It's about humans and human connection. And Yeah, exactly. That's so, really all that matters. Right. And, right. That, to me, that is all that matters. Um, I am, I'm not interested in controlling or fixing or demanding my son listen to me all the time. Um, except maybe when we're in the grocery store. <laughs> um, become a little more interested at that time. Become a little bit more interested, exactly. Um, but for for the most part, right, uh, my focus is on connection and experiencing the journey of life together. Him as a little person and me as a big person, ultimately, and me having more ex- more experiences in life, I think. That's real. That's the only difference ultimately between us is that I've got more experience, um, more years of um, of of living life, and uh, hopefully a little more wisdom under my belt too. But you know, sometimes, and that's another great thing about being a parent. I just I I, I see him, and I see wisdom in him, and I feel like I'm learning just as much. Uh, as, as, as he's learning, hopefully, from me. No, I agree with you. I mean, children will say things that are so profound, and you're like, right. sometimes it's like, how did they know that? But then it's like, they're almost speaking like universal truths that we choose to ignore sometimes. Right, and sometimes it's just, it's so obvious, too. Yeah, but we don't see it. We don't see it, but they do, and then uh, and they can serve as as a reminder of of the uh, of the important things, you know. Yeah, and another thing about um, the difference between a parent and child is that the child is depending on you to protect them and keep them safe. So when right. you're hitting them, that's really confusing. That is confusing, and I think. So the big example a lot of parents will turn to is, but you've got to, you've got to physically intervene sometime when the child is what? About to run into the street, mm. right? That's always the big example, I think, that people who are 
skeptical of peaceful parenting. Um, and I think um, the difference there for me is that you have an, an issue where your child is in immediate danger. And I think there what you want to do is physically intervene to prevent them from um, taking a dangerous action. And I think that's, that's, that's the only time that uh, sort of a, any physical intervention is necessary is when there is a obvious, you know, uh, immediate danger, such as running out into the street or, or whatever it is. I think uh, it, those are the times you have to physically intervene. I think the other time is when, um, when a child may be hitting another child or, or hitting a, a pet or, or hitting you. <laughs> You've got to keep your children safe, right? And so physically intervening um, but that's not the same as physically striking, you know. Um, so I think um, using your adult, stronger uh, body to help keep your child safe, um, is, uh, that's obviously acceptable, right? Um, but, but it's not the same as, as physically striking or, or assaulting your child to teach them a lesson. Big difference there for me. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I think that's very clear. All right. So, Eric, can you share some resources that you think are useful? I know you already shared the one book, and I'll put that, The Peaceful Parents, Happy Child. Is that the name? Dr. I have Lark. to, right, I got to hear. Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, How to Stop Yelling and Start Connecting by Dr. Laura Markham. Got it. So I'll put yep. that in the show notes, too, so people can see it if they didn't get a chance to write it down right now. But um, do you have any other books or other types of resources that you recommend for people who are interested in peaceful parenting? Sure. So so for one, there's um, my own Facebook group, which has been really growing lately and has become very active in supporting uh, parents. Is And so the name of my group on Facebook is Peaceful Parenting Community. Um, so that's a closed group. Anyone can come and join and ask questions uh, about peaceful parenting in general or about your specific situation. Um, and I think th that Facebook group and there are other Facebook groups um, out there um, or other forums out on the Internet. And I think they're a great resource um, that parents didn't have uh, before the Internet. Um, to be able to reach out to to other parents and get some advice, um, get some opinions, and sometimes just to be heard and feel validated. Um, so Facebook groups is is one I recommend. Uh, as far as books, right, Dr. Laura Markham's book I think is great. Um, the Conscious Parent by Dr. Shafali Sabari I think is wonderful as as well as her recent book. Uh, the Awakened Family uh, is wonderful. And I'm a big fan of Alfie Cohn. I think Alfie Cohn really um, puts things into perspective as far as um, uh, he's got a book out called Unconditional Parenting. Uh, so I would really recommend that one, too. Okay. Great. I, I've heard of Dr. Shafali's 
books from you. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but I, I didn't know these others. So I'm really glad you mentioned them. And I will put all of those notes in the show notes. And you do work with parents for consultation. So how would people get in touch with you if they wanted to consult with you about a situation? Sure. So you can look me up on Facebook on facebook.com slash one awesome dad, or you can learn more about me and about what I have to offer at one awesome dad.com. Got it. And that's the number one, right? The number one. All right. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being on Therapy Chat today and talking with us about peaceful parenting. I think people are going to take a lot of information away from this conversation. It's going to be really helpful. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. Again, it's great to connect with you, to reconnect with you. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Eric Green, a.k.a. One Awesome Dad. I'm really impressed with the way Eric is spreading a message of peaceful parenting and using peer support through his two Facebook groups to guide parents in the right direction with peaceful parenting. We all want to do the best we can, and parenting is so hard. I'm grateful to Eric for taking the time to come on Therapy Chat today, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion. For you, the listeners of Therapy Chat, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I checked, and all four books mentioned by Eric on today's episode are available on Audible. So if you're not already a member... You could get one of them for free and support Therapy Chat if you use if you use www.audibletrial.com slash therapy chat to start your free trial. And as always, please visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Subscribe so you can receive all the latest episodes and download each new episode. Thanks so much for listening to Therapy Chat. Thank you for listening to the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, visit Laura's website at www.lauraregan.lcswc.com.